Remember when you graduated, maybe it was high school or college, the freedom that you experienced. Oh, we're going to multiply that times a thousand exponentially, spiritually, next. Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. Hi there, and welcome to our broadcast. Our teacher and pastor, Pastor Steve Converse, will take us back to Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, free at last. And really, this is a freedom that you and I know very little of, but should be spending our lives seeking out. We'd invite you to join us here in Romans chapter 8 as we take a look at the marvelous truth of being free in Christ with today's broadcast of Graceful Truth from Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Once again, here's Pastor Steve Converse. We've been going through the book of Romans and uh, we're continuing to go through the book of Romans. Well, we come to this wonderful chapter in Romans chapter uh, 8. And we're in a series, Free at Last, No Condemnation in Christ. You know, when you stop and you you think about it, freedom is a wonderful thing. And thank God we live in a free country where our freedoms can be expressed every day. Um, And so with that in mind, I want you to turn your hearts to God's Word and look at Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. If you've ever talked to someone who has lost their freedom, if you ever had the opportunity to visit someone in a jail cell. And uh, hopefully you weren't in the cell with them. You know, you're on the other side of the the glass there, I, I trust. But just going to visit them gives you a sense of the loss of your freedom. You can't just wander in there anytime. You have to make an appointment. You have to go to a certain time. You can't take certain things with you. There's a There's a wall between you and the other person of glass. You can only talk to them usually through a phone. It's not a pleasant experience. And when I've visited folks in the jail at times, I always walk out thinking, it's nice to be free. It's nice to be able to leave this place and go out and get in my car and drive away. Freedom is something that we need to make sure that we uh, cherish because everybody doesn't have freedom. There are parts of the world where people don't have the freedom to worship. They don't have the freedom to read a copy of God's own word. They don't have the freedom to have a copy of God's word. There's parts in the world where people don't have the freedom to 
be part of maybe the family they want to be part of. Freedom is something that is very, very precious to us. And we need to be reminded of that. When you talk to someone who's been in prison or been in jail and they get out, you can you can just sense a a a a lack of burden on their shoulder i mean they're they're free they can walk away from that prison and they sense that freedom well entitled this this little series free at last no condemnation in christ and last week we just basically gave an introduction to this um But it's important to understand that the verse that we read today, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, speaks to that freedom. Uh, You might say, well, what are we free free from? What's the big deal about freedom? Well, the Bible tells us that because Christ died, because he lived a perfect life for 30-some years and died on a cross as a, a perfect sacrifice, and that on the third day he rose from the grave, that he has given us the opportunity to have freedom. Freedom from what? Well, first of all, freedom from the penalty of sin. Freedom from the penalty of sin. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you could drive wherever you want to in Redwood City and drive however you want And you'd never get a ticket. You wouldn't have to hit the brake when you see the officer sitting at the corner like so many of us do. (laughs) And then look in the rear view, is he coming after me? (laughs) See, there's a penalty in our society when the law is broken. And it's the same thing with God. There's a penalty when his law is broken. We call that sin. You don't hear that word very much today, but you do hear. And it's something that's very real. And we all deal with it. It's part of every one of our lives. Just because we are believers, just because we're Christians, it doesn't mean that we don't experience a battle as we have just seen in Romans chapter 7 with sin. Because we do. And I would challenge you to say, if you're sitting here today and you say, oh, no, as a Christian, I never have any issues with sin. I live perfectly. Unfortunately, I'd have to call you a liar. Well, it wouldn't be me calling you a liar. It'd be the Bible calling you a liar because he, who says, he says he was without sin, okay, is, is lying. Because we all deal with that. And so we're all dealing with a penalty because of our sin. And it's so incredibly wonderful that God has provided a way out of bearing that penalty ourselves. That he provided a savior. He provided his son, the perfect sacrifice to die in our place for our sin. But that's not all that we are free from as believers. We're also free from the power of sin. And we've talked about that extensively. We're free from the ability of sin to make us its taskmaster. After you become, after you come to Christ and you trust him for the sacrifice, you trust his sacrifice for your sin, you you have to remember that, you know what? He has given you the power for the first time. 
You can turn this down, I think, or something's really hot. He's given you the power for the first time to be free from the power of sin. For the first time in your life as a Christian, as someone who's been transformed by the power of God, you have the ability to say, you know what, sin? I don't have to do what you are telling me to do anymore. By the power of your spirit, I'm going to say, no, thank you. (laughs) The Bible says that God's always faithful. He's going to provide a way out of our temptations. We're all faced with temptations, beloved. We're, I mean, we live in a sick world, right? We're all faced with temptations every day. But what do we do with those temptations? We don't have to give in. We don't have to say, well, I guess I just got to sin because that's what, I, you know, that's what I'm being led to do. No, you have the ability in Christ to be free from the power of the slave, the enslavement of sin. And you can trust God and his spirit to fill you and to live a victorious Christian life. I don't know about you, but that, that's a blessing. That's something that you should be going, hallelujah. That we don't have to be under the, the penalty and the power of sin any longer. That in Christ, we're a new creature in Christ. And that he has given us the ability to live a life that is worthy of the calling for which we're called. Christ is sufficient. For our salvation. He's sufficient for our daily living in the Christian walk each and every day. We have to be reminded of that. Because the world's not going to tell you that. The world's going to tell you just the opposite. The world's going to tell you, okay, you can have your little faith in Jesus. But you know what? You still need all this stuff over here because, well, Jesus can't handle that. That's a lie. That's a lie. So we're free from the penalty of sin. We're free from the power of sin. And then, praise God, one day we will be free from the presence of sin. One day we'll be standing in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we will be removed from all sin. That's going to be a glorious day. I'm looking forward to that day because I don't know about you, but I struggle with sin every day. It's something that's this is part of who I am. I understand that. I love what John Owen said in his book, The Mortification of Sin. Sin is not something that we do. It's who we are. And we need to be reminded of that. Because it's very easy to point our fingers as believers, as Christians, at people who are not in Christ and look down our righteous noses And condemn them. I think we need to be careful. I think God's perfectly capable. His word is perfectly capable of of telling us who's condemned and who's not. But we need to show them the love of Christ. We need to reach out with... To them with the gospel of Christ. We need to be reminded that, you know what? Except by the grace of God, there go I. So what are we free from? We're free from the penalty of sin. We're free from the power of sin. We're free from the presence of sin. Well, let's let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. This is an incredible chapter, and this is just an even more incredible verse. And you notice there, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We all sin as believers. You know, we've all seen the bumper sticker. Christians aren't perfect. They're just forgiven. That's, that's true. We're not perfect. We don't walk on water. We don't live sinlessly. But the wonderful thing is our sins are covered by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we do sin as Christians, at times the enemy can come and stir up doubts 
about our salvation. Have you ever been there? I have. How do you know all your sins are forgiven? True Christians don't do what you just did. You're hopeless. You might as just admit your hypocrisy and claiming to be a Christian and quit trying to be holy because you're not. See, all those messages come rushing in the moment that we fail, the moment that we sin, the moment that we falter. And see, it's to those issues that Paul is addressing his readers here in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. He wants them to understand that God has graciously set them free from sin's penalty, from sin's power, and ultimately they'll be free from the mere presence of sin. Now, there's a couple words that I want you to understand today. As we look at this, the reality of freedom, as we look at the idea that we we are not condemned in Christ. This verse starts off and it says, there is therefore. Any Bible student to tell you, well, as soon as you see the word therefore, you have to what? Figure out why it's therefore, right? And that's exactly what we need to do. And usually in most contexts, you just jump back a couple verses and you say, okay, that's why it's there. In this case, that's not necessarily true. I think when he says, therefore, he's not referring to chapter 7. I mean, he just got done talking about struggling with sin. And Paul's saying, man, the things I want to do, I I, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. You know, oh, wretched man. He's kind of sharing his heart with us. As a mature believer, he's acknowledging his lack of ability to, to do what's right at times. I don't think he's necessarily referring just to those couple verses before that. I think he's saying, you know what? Based on what I just told you in the first seven chapters of Romans, I need you to understand because of that, because you have been justified in your walk before God by your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because God has made you righteous. Because God has given you justification. He's, he's justified you in His presence because of the sacrifice of Christ. Because of that, because you were willing, we can go all the way back to Romans 3, the beginning of the book of Romans. And you remember the beginning of our study through Romans. I had to keep on telling you, I mean, some of you would come up to me after a couple of weeks and go, man, are we ever going to stop talking about how sinful we are? When are we going to get the good news? <laughs> well, we're finally getting the good news. We're getting the good news. But you remember back when we were talking about all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That there's none righteous, no, not one. See, you have to acknowledge that in your heart before you can come to the justification, before God can give you the righteousness of Christ. You have to be willing to come before a holy God and say, you know what? God, you're holy. I'm not. And I'm standing before you condemned to hell and rightfully so because of my sin. And I know that I can't save myself. I need to, I need to be saved. I need a savior. You have to cross that bridge before salvation is a reality in your life. Before this freedom that we're talking about can become a reality in your life. You have to come before God as a broken sinner. And like the man in the New Testament, raise your hands and beat your chest and say, God, just be merciful to me, a sinner. 
please save me. And so Paul says, basically, based on what I just told you in the first seven chapters, therefore, that word relates to the result of consequence in relationship to our justification by faith alone. That we're saved by faith. Saved by grace. We're saved by a Savior. We don't save ourselves. How many of us can look back on our lives and we live lives as religious people? And we'd work hard every, every week to go to church or to, to do some ritual, some tradition that somehow we thought was going to make us more godly. It doesn't work that way. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, For by grace you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift. So that you don't go around boasting that you saved yourself. That's my paraphrase, but that's what it says. You can look it up. So let's look at the comprehensive nature of our freedom. The comprehensive nature of our freedom. He says, therefore, no condemnation. Now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That word condemnation is an interesting word. It appears only in the book of Romans here in chapter 5, verse 16, and in chapter 5, verse 18. 5.16, he says this, and the, the free gift is not like the result of that man, one man's sin, for the judgment following trespass, trespass brought condemnation, but the gift following the trespass brought justification. And then he says in verse 18, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. And then it's used here in our text. What does this mean, this word? It has the idea that it relates to somebody being sentenced for a crime. That's really what it's saying. It has the idea of someone being sentenced for a crime. And it has the emphasis really placed on the verdict and the punishment. We see this all the time in our court system. You can watch Judge Judy and see this. I was going to say Judge Wapner, but I don't, I don't even know if he's around anymore. Date myself. But what does it say? It says, first of all, that you know what? We don't have to fear a trial as believers. We don't have to be fearful of a trial. I know that if I was arrested for driving erratically and it got to the point where maybe I hurt somebody, I would be arrested and, and I'd be put in jail. <laughs> and I would have to await a trial if bail wasn't granted. Well, you know what? The glorious thing of our relationship with God because of Christ is that we don't have to fear a trial. Do you understand that Jesus has already stood trial for us? Amen? I mean, he's, he's done that. He's taken that away. As Christians, we no longer have that fear of a trial hanging over our heads. Some of you know I used to work with the DA's office down in Riverside County. And for the first probably 13 weeks when I got hired, I was totally naive. I had a degree in criminology, but I had no experience in police work. Nothing. I just, I just liked to watch the show Cops. And I thought, boy, this is going to be a cool job. So I showed up at the office and they said the first day, what, you know, what am I going to do? I had to fill out all this paperwork. And they said, you got to hurry up because at noon you got to go over to the courthouse. And our offices in India was right across from the courthouse. And I said, well, what am I going to do? And they, you're going to watch a court case. I said, really? This should be cool. 
And it was a, it was a, I mean, it was murder. It was an interesting court case. Once in a while, they'd tell me, hey, go over to the office and get this thing. Get this, you know, bring this back. And i do that. But I just sat there. They paid me to watch it. It was like watching TV, you know. It was great. But it was in real life. I mean, I was just, you know, wow. I just couldn't believe God allowed that opportunity. And I remember one time I was leaving the courthouse. And this one man was just, he just looked like he was beside himself. And my pastoral heart came out. And I went over and I said, are you all right? And he looked at me and goes, oh, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. He goes, I'm just, I'm just really worried. I said, well, what, what are you worried about? I got trial. I don't have money for a lawyer. So they're going to give me some public defender. I, he doesn't even know me. He's not even here yet. And this, this guy was truly just frightened because of his pending having to go before and stand before a judge. I praise God every day, beloved, that we do not have to worry about being tried for our sins. Christ has already been tried and he's already taken care of it. And we need to put our faith, our trust in him. Secondly, not only do we have to worry about a trial, we don't have to worry about a sentence. You know, if if you've ever watched a trial take place and you've followed it through to the end, you know, people think that, well, once they're pronounced guilty, that's the end. Oh, no. That's kind of the beginning of the end. Because then they have a sentencing hearing. Sometimes it goes on, can go on for quite a while, depending on the circumstances of the trial. And so they make it through the trial only to have to go through (laughs) the sentencing. Think about it. We don't have to face a sentence. Christ has paid for our sins. He's already received our sentence when he died on the cross. And then the third thing that this speaks to is the idea of no punishment. The Bible says very clearly, by his stripes we are healed. I don't think that's speaking of physical healing clearly or we'd never be sick. It's talking about spiritual healing. It's talking about coming to God and realizing that, you know what? Your heart is scarred by the baggage that you've had to come through to your, in your life up until this point. We all have a life experience that we come out of. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good. And that life experience can reach over and even as Christians control us to the point where we're doing things that are not glorifying, not honoring to Christ. And rather than say, you know what? Yeah, it's sin. What do we do? Well, it's because... Of this. See, in a way, we're being punished. And and, and in Christ, you have to understand that we have been healed from that. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand, you know, if you've been brought up in a tough childhood, that that's going to have consequences and it's going to affect you. That's very, they're really very real effects that, that, that cause people to have issues in life. I understand that, but I need you to understand more than that, that Christ is sufficient to meet your needs. Don't allow Satan to trick you into using that as an excuse to act how you want over here. Because we all know what that's called. That's called sin. And that's not something that God wants us to be doing and to honor him in our lives. That can't be part of who we are. And this is Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse from Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. 
Closing out our broadcast today, we're mindful of the fact that you may have questions about the broadcast today. A couple of ways to deal with those questions, A, obtain a copy of the message in its entirety and review it at your convenience, or B, simply get a hold of us here at Grace Bible Church. Now, the best way to do either is to give us a call at 650-366-9923. Again, that number is 650-366-9923. You can also reach us online, gracebibleonline.org. That's gracebibleonline.org. If you're looking to visit us, we have services at 10 a.m. Sundays, and we're located here in Redwood City. Directions and details can be found again at our website, grace-bibleonline, or by calling 650-366-9923. Hey, let me ask you, what do you believe Can you summarize it? Are you ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you at any given moment? If not, or maybe you would just like to be refreshed or encouraged in what we believe as Christians, then you need to sign up for this year's Equip Conference. It's happening this September 14th and 15th. Join Mark Spence, Andrew Rappaport, and Dr. Anthony Silvestro for a Friday and Saturday conference that is designed to equip you for everyday ministry. For information, again, reach out to us at gracebibleonline.org or simply call 650-366-9923. And then join us next time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse.